Welcome to the Sessions with Sessions podcast. I'm your host, John, and we're a group of riders from up in Sudbury, Ontario. Um, talk about riding, talk about all things happening riding up in uh, Northern Ontario and Sudbury, and I guess how we do it our way. Um, today, uh, episode 20. Pretty cool, guys. We're into uh, a whole new level of podcasts, um, which means we're probably going to start doing them more often, maybe not. Um, anyways, on my left here, we have uh, Evan, virtually again. Hey there. Um, below Evan, we have Mr. Todd Thompson. Uh, the reason we're hey, doing this, um, the reason we are doing this thing virtually still with the, uh, even though the COVID restrictions is Todd's up in the boonies. Um, pretty far north. Where are you, Todd? Uh, I'm about an hour and 20 minutes northwest of Thunder Bay. So in the bush. Pretty, in the bush. In the bush. Um, and then we've got uh, Mr. Brunetti just below me. Hey guys, how's it going? Right, so uh, we have no Professor Beavers today. Um, he's off lost in the bush at his camp, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, today, guys, I mean, before we get started, before we even get talking about this stuff, we're going to take another crack at what Brunetti was trying to pull off last time with, this, with the song. <laughs> now, guys, I'm going to preface this with, if you screw this up... This is it. This is, this is it from here on out. If we screw this up, uh, we're just going to find replacements for you guys. So now what we're looking for is I need to know your favorite trail in town. And I mean trail, I mean mountain bike trail. I mean single track trail. If you guys name a road, a parkway, a driveway, or a parking lot, I'm going to kick you out of the chat. So Evan, your favorite mountain bike trail in Sudbury. What's your favorite trail? Like, okay, I'm going to say Double Down, I think, out at Walden. I've That's just really started to ride that really well, so I'm going to have to go with that one. Well done, well done. Mr. Todd Thompson, uh, what do you have for your favorite trail in Sudbury Mountain Bike Trail? Hands down, the trail with the dumb name that I never remember, but it's Eric and uh, Buddy's new trail at the spot we're not supposed to talk about that has trails. But, Portal uh, and Starscream Stream. Starscream Stream. That's the one. That's the funnest, flowiest, jumpiest, droppiest. It's got every, got everything you can you can dream of in a trail all wrapped up into one. Yeah, it's good. They just did a bunch of uh, extensions on it too, Todd, that we haven't uh, gone to check out yet. We'll have to go out this week. Apparently, they built another trail from the top that's got like a wall ride and it's got some other stuff going on too. So props to Eric and those guys for uh, putting all that work in this year. It's, it's been unbelievable. Uh, Mr. Brunetti, uh, your favorite trail. Well, I'm going to go a little off script from you guys. I, I definitely, well, it's been a tough year for me with respect to mountain biking, uh, but I'm definitely like to go up as much as I like to go down. So I'm going to go with uh, Willbreaker into Heartbreaker, but also seven up. So I, uh, I enjoy a good climb as much as a good descent. So I'm, uh, that's, that's my choice. That's a good one, man. Seven up. Good. Honestly, I got to say mine's a long road. Probably honestly, the climb all the way to the top. I love it. Um, I love the little technical features. I love the like fun little side stuff on it. Um, you can ride it down as well. It's pretty fun down, um, up and down. So, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, leading into it. Props for hey, we did it. up this we time, did guys. It. We, we did it. We did it. Trail. We made it. <laughs> we made it. We made it. No one said a parking lot. Um, okay, so uh, now we're going to talk about bike theft today, guys. I mean, it's been a big topic this year. I mean, even last year, too. Uh, bike theft is on the rise. Uh, we see it in Sudbury. I mean, it's. I want to say it's It's at least doubled uh, in the last two years, just from the amount of people coming to the store. I'd say possibly even more. Um, <laughs> There's lots of crazy stuff going on. I mean, not just in Sudbury. We see this some kind of stuff happening in North Bay and everything. Um, lots of theft in all styles, right? People breaking into homes and sometimes even into businesses. Um, but specifically bike theft. Um, it's happened to a lot of people, some people even in this podcast, and it's never a fun thing. Um, Todd, you had a bike stolen um, like somewhat recently, didn't you? Uh, well, it's as old as I've owned the Santa Cruz, so it's probably going on two seasons ago now. Um, I'm pretty sure it happened while I was out of town. So I was working up in Thunder Bay. Um, it's kind of a distant memory now, but, um, 
Yeah, it was about two years ago, and it wasn't just one bike. It was it was my Kraken Fail, or sorry, my Cannondale, and Derek's Blur. So my, that old Blur, and then uh, his old like specialized pitch or some sort of entry level bike. So it was like three, um, from my garage, and uh, well, I mean, it's kind of emotionally draining. Like you have a sick feeling to your stomachs. Like oh my god, like people were in my house they could have you know they could have decided to come into the house and start you know sneaking around and all that so there's uh there's that insecurity uh that lost feeling that uh you know that your privacy is invaded and stuff and uh yeah it's it's not a fun feeling not at all no and then i mean it, this year and last year, even more so, where you, you can't even get something to replace them. Uh, once they're gone, they're gone. I mean, conveniently enough, when they stole your bikes, they didn't steal your fat bike, and we were going into fat bike season, so you still had, I guess, something to ride a little bit, right? They were they were courteous that way. Yeah, and they didn't steal the i9 uh, wheel set either, so they're obviously not bike people um, because there was a lot of other stuff in the, in the garage that uh, that had value, but. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, right uh, in, the, in the shoulder season. Um, and my gravel bike was there too, but it, at the time, my gravel bike was an ancient Kona and something or other. And uh, so, yeah, they didn't, take, they didn't take all the bikes. Maybe they got spooked or didn't have enough room in the vehicle, who knows. But uh, there's definitely other stuff in the, in the garage that they could have taken. So they went right into your garage and took it, right? Like, it wasn't like you left them outside, left didn't leave them in a the shed. It was like an attached garage. Yeah, it was right in the attached garage. Um, it was during the day. Um, I don't know 100% because the kids were there and they, they told me uh, when I got home, um, you know, there's a chance that the door was left open uh, when the kids came home from school, right around 3 o'clock. So it was like, Right in the middle of the day, right? Like right in the daylight. Yeah, this is daylight. This wasn't crackheads sneaking around, uh, um, you know, lurking in the night. It was right during the day. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, John, when my a couple of uh, summers ago, uh, my cousin was traveling through uh, Sudbury and was staying in uh, a hotel and had um, four bikes. Uh, on a on a rack uh, off the back of his vehicle, off the back of his vehicle, and uh, and just try thought he would be safe just backing into a parking spot, um, sort of just outside of his hotel room door, and uh, same like same thing. Woke up in the morning and everything was just cleaned out. So lost his mountain bike, uh, his wife's mountain bike, his son's bike, and his gravel bike, all four just just gone uh they were all you know locked together and locked onto the rack um and yeah just you know sort of that you know that that sickening feeling you're talking about todd just waking up in the morning and walking out to your vehicle and just like in disbelief that you know everything is gone yeah no exactly it's um I guess one thing I want to hit on first before, and it's something so I had, um, I actually had someone break into my house, uh, but I don't know, it's probably about nine months ago, just last winter. And after talking with the police and then talking with um, numerous officers later that were incredibly helpful, honestly, but uh, what they had said is it's, they check your, they check your car doors every night. And People always say, you know, it's that the one time I left my car door open, this, this is the day that happened to come by. But what you don't realize is that they really do check your car doors every night. I ended up setting a camera up outside and I ended up like once a week basically getting an alert from my phone because someone's checking my car doors. So I do see a lot of people um, like, I mean, you had mentioned your cousin had it on the on the back of a car, but a lot of people do even leave their bike in a car, right? You know, overnight, they're like, you know, I'm just going to leave it in the car and think maybe in the, uh, you know, in the morning, I'll, I'll, I'll have my bike there and they're, or they're too lazy to take it out. Like, there's, you have to be super, super careful. Um, it, making sure your, your car doors are locked, making sure your house doors and your garage doors are locked is key. And it sounds something so trivial, so stupid, but every night before I go to bed now, I check my car door twice, make sure it's locked. Like uh, I haven't had a problem since, right? You can't stop them from checking your doors, but you can definitely make sure that they're locked, um, which, is, which is a pretty key one. Um, without, without 
revealing too much information in case you have bike thieves listen to this podcast. But Eddie, where do you store your bikes? Yeah. Uh, well, I store my, yeah. All of my bikes are stored. I, I keep them all inside in a, in my, in my garage, like an attached garage. Um, and I have a, like a house alarm system that's set. So come on in. I'm going to know you're coming and you better be ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Becky, Evan, how about you? How do you, uh, how do you store your bikes? Pretty much the same way. Um, and I also lock them inside the garage as well. So the garage is locked and then the bikes are locked inside. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Uh, Todd, what do you do with them now since, uh, since everything happened? Anything special, anything different? Um, I'm pretty much following Evan's playbook. Um, inside and uh, locked with a, a cable, a cable lock. Which are, you know, really tougher to, to open. You need probably a grinder to grind it through. So pretty sure a grinder would wake me up if I'm home. But uh, yeah, double lock, man. You got You need double coverage, double yeah. rockets. It's smart, super, super smart. Yeah. And if you have an alarm system, that helps a lot too. Um, I keep mine generally right in the store, right? <laughs> I just leave my bikes in the shop. Uh, it's, it'd be pretty hard to break into that shop. It's built like a fortress. But either way, um, like we we hear people all the time. You know, you store bikes in your shed. You put some big lock on your shed, and you hope for the best. But the reality is, is if someone does break into your shed at night, you got to have a hard time hearing them. It's pretty far from there, from where you're at. Um, you'd be surprised nowadays, like you see what these guys are running around with. I mean, there is no lock that they can't really cut, right? The, the saying goes, uh, locks just stop honest people, right? Like if, if the door is unlocked and the guy just walks in, that's one thing. But, um, you know, keeping it in the shed uh, does definitely, it, it, there's, it's a total level lower than keeping it in your house. And I do see some people like, like when I lived um, in Lively, I bought my, my, my bikes literally came in to the kitchen every single night. Uh, just, I mean, thank, thank God Stacy was okay with it, but um, you know, you can't just, like, you have to be very, very careful if you're going to put them in a the garage, what kind of garage they're in. And if you're going to put them in the garage, make sure you lock them in the garage as well. Uh, that extra level of security definitely helps. Definitely. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah and you can get, uh, you can get door alarms on your, on sheds now too. Like, uh, like yeah, that's the thing. Like, ten minutes on YouTube, and somebody can pick any lock. So, I mean, even a lock isn't isn't the the only line of defense. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, any kind of door alarm, any of that kind of stuff on your sheds will definitely go a long way. Um, and I mean, keep it, keep them as close as you can, right? At the end. Um, any other tips and stuff for guys for where to put their bikes, you know, uh, where to store the bikes pretty well covered. Well, I, I think it, uh, I think if, if you are traveling with your bike, um, and you do need to stop anywhere, just ensuring that you do have a lock on it. Like that's, I think a lot of times people just think, Oh, it looks really complicated. They won't know how to get this off, but, um, they I mean, do. at least yourself and at least if you like lock your bikes up onto your bike rack, you're at least giving yourself a chance. Like there's at least a little bit more of a window that they may, you know, just think that that might be a little bit too much work to try and get that one. Um, so yeah, like even if it's on a rack, make sure it's locked onto the rack with one yep. or two locks. Well, if and, you're, if you're going places and you're going to a hotel, bring it in, right? Like if you're going to, oh, a yeah, yeah. no, but I'm just saying, you know? yeah, yeah. If you're just traveling during the day and you yeah. want, you're, you're going into a store or what, you know, you're, you know, just make sure everything is locked up. Uh, and another one that I don't think people really think of all that often, if you have a hitch mount rack, make sure that your hitch mount rack is locked to your, to your vehicle as well. Cause sometimes they can just take yeah. the whole thing. Right. So you can get like, you know, where your where the hitch pin kind of goes through, uh, you can get a lock for the, like a locking hitch pin as well. So, um, they're ruthless, man. You got to like, just, just everything and anything you can do to just try and buy yourself a little bit more time or make it any little bit more difficult, um, I think is, it, it's just a huge advantage. The other thing that I do when I'm traveling and I don't, I don't know how like proactive it is, but every time I stop, I take a picture of the bikes on the rack in the parking lot so that if anything does happen, at least I've got like, this is what I had. This is how they were locked. And, you know, if insurance was to ever ask or for a police report or whatever, I always take that picture. Yeah. 
It's a good you just idea. Like taking pictures. You just like taking pictures of your bikes. Don't lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they are pretty photogenic, I got to say. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you are staying in a hotel, I mean, obviously bringing your bikes in the hotel, but even if it's a hotel where maybe you're up on the second, third floor and you can't bring it in, ask. You'd be surprised how many hotels have like a, a locker area or a storage area that they'd be willing to put your bikes in. That's another level of security. I mean, it's not as scary as being in your room, but it's still better than being on the rack. Um, the amount of times that I hear people go places and they lock the bike to the rack, like it's you're leaving it outside in a very busy area there for someone who has unlimited time to work on getting that lock off. They're going to get the lock off. Um, that that's, that's a key one. Um, but yeah, I mean, so assuming that you, you know, you're pretty careful with your bike when you're not using it. Um, how do you, um, how do you guys lock your bike? when you're out going out for, you know, a bike ride yourself and then maybe going into the pub or going in someplace, maybe you're commuting. Do you guys have a lock that you guys use um, like religiously yourself? Evan? I just came back from, from traveling um, and the rack that I have has those integrated locks in it, but I also bought another cable lock um to lock all four bikes together so that you know it would be just a little bit more difficult but if it's just me um and i'm just going to be going into lost evan lost evan. that's all right we'll get him back we'll get him back todd you pick up where you left off what do you use yeah, for so a lock? i think he's going to say uh when he just goes in for uh, um a quick run into the store where he just uses the uh, factory lock. But uh, yeah, I like to wrap as much cable around it as possible. It just adds that extra, that extra few minutes, you know, that may give you that you can come out and intercept, uh, you know, catch a mid, mid act or, you know, whatever. But uh, I go around the, all the, all the wheels and then through the frame and then around, you know, and tug on it and make sure, uh, you got to tug on it and make sure that it's wrapped and secured because, you know, like some people you see their bikes locked up and they go around the bike frame, but then they don't have it locked to the, to the actual secure post, you know, it's not <laughs> or anything, right? So you, you got to take a second there and just, you know, go through uh, and make sure it's wound around something that, uh, that, uh, you know, they can just take the whole thing with the lock and then, uh, take it apart once they get home so no it's like then you get the guys with the like super super high security locks going through like a chain link fence <laughs> like the problem is not the lock anymore dude right? it's the chain link fence and just cut the chain link fence to take your take your bike right like you, you gotta make sure it's anchored to something that also can't be cut right yeah, tree, tree branches work real good yeah exactly <laughs> Um, Brunetti, uh, I know you have a pretty kick-ass lock, eh? Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I'll have to defer to you to, to, to let me know what the name of it is, but I, uh, I had originally borrowed it, uh, the same one from you when I went to Montreal a couple years ago and uh, was just really shocked at how, like, like how small it packed, uh, but how well it worked. Uh, I was able to get it sort of around two, uh, two bikes, two gravel bikes um, that we used just kind of touring around downtown and uh you know just found proper like posts to mount it to um but it was definitely the best lock um i've ever had um you know felt really secure about it um again well my bikes lasted the entire trip and now uh, i don't uh, I, I, I wouldn't use any other type of lock so i'm not sure exactly what it's called it's almost it's the one i like it looks like a so, second, so it's know, called the rocky like mounts hendrix um but i mean this is a it's a good point we'll, we'll start talking about types of locks here so that's what's called a plate lock um and it's if you can imagine it's like maybe you have 10 plates that are all kind of bolted to one another and they fold up kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it. They would swivel and they fold up nice and flat and it fits into a, like a holster and the holster can mount to a bottle cage both. And the beautiful thing about that lock specifically is you always have it on you. A lock is only as convenient as it is easy to bring, right? Like you can't, if you can bring, you know, you could get a 500 pound chain off a boat 
but you're never going to bring it with you anywhere. So it's not going to work. So it's a matter of balancing that. Now, the nice thing about the Hendrix is it, uh, because it mounts to your bike, you literally always have it on you. It, it, you could just, it slides out. It's super clean, super sleek looking. Um, but it's super, super sturdy. It's a lot sturdier than most cable locks are. Um, funny story on the Hendrix. So we had, uh, we had sold one to one gentleman who works at the mall and he had his bike locked up with that lock and he has bike locked up with a cable lock. He came by and he was like, Hey, yeah, uh, he wanted to get his bike tuned up. And he was like, by the way, um, they had cut my cable lock yesterday. Um, but I guess they didn't notice I had two locks. So I guess they didn't try to cut the other one. And, um, so he, he was, he was super stoked. I took a look at his Hendrix lock and they tried to cut it. Like they, you can see the bolt cut marks where they tried to cut it with a set of bolt cutters, but it just kind of dented it because it's so thick and wide. You can't get the bolt cutters all the way around it. So he, they were able to slice through his one lock, but they couldn't cut the Hendrix. So they left the bike. So it actually saved his bike. It's pretty cool. Um, highly recommend them. A bunch of brands make them. I have a kryptonite one on my other bike. I have, but any kind of plate lock I could recommend pretty highly. Um, other kinds of locks. I mean, uh, Todd mentioned cable locks, right? There's cable locks of varying degrees, anything from like your super cheap combination one that you find at dollar store all the way up to a super high end one and then chains as well. And then the last being a, uh, the last really that's worth talking about is being a U-lock and a U-lock, um, is the more of like that New York style. You mount it right through the bike, big ass, like pipe almost runs through the bike in a U-shape. Now the, the problem with the U-lock is it's very, very difficult to bring anywhere. Um, they're, they're very heavy. Uh, they can weigh five, 10 pounds and they're very cumbersome. It's a big, big shape. So they make holsters that can actually go on your hip if you're like a cycle commuter. But otherwise, if you have to carry a backpack with you everywhere to really bring a U-lock with you, but they are incredibly secure. You need a hacksaw really to get through them. Yeah, that's what my uh, kids use uh, for their bikes at school. They have the kryptonite. Um, yeah, I'm not sure kryptonite, whatever one you recommended. And, uh, you know, like you said, I, like, luckily they just put it in the, in their backpack where you would sort of put a, a, a laptop. So they just slide the, slide the, uh, the big U-lock in there and, uh, it works really well for them, but it is a big bulky, you know, lock to haul around for sure. Yeah. If you're going to the pub, you're not going to like load up your U-lock, right? Like you just, you're going to bike down to the pub you want something. That's why people use, uh, cable lock so much because they coil around the frame and they can just bike to the pub and have it with them. Uh, but the, the plate lock is a, it's almost a halfway point that, that works really well. Um, What's the most popular point, lock that you sell, John? Oh, the cheapest one. It's the most popular lock. <laughs> so, yeah. Generally speaking. And, it, and that's the, always the funny combina- conversation, right? Someone comes in, they want to buy a lock. We ask them how much they like their bike. Because it's, you know, you can, like it's, we can sell $15 locks, right? Like absolutely. It will stop someone from walking away with your bike. But like if they have a, like a, anything better than plastic safety scissors, and like you're gonna take your bike so it's it's just a matter of how secure you want it to be right um with that said a lot of companies will like whether it be kryptonite or anyone else they'll give you some kind of like a varying range between like one and five or one and ten or whatever it is to give you some kind of an indication keep in mind that like kryptonite's four is not another company's four it only really works within the company um another interesting note though about um about these locks so kryptonite for example actually offers bike insurance with the lock so when you buy the lock i think it's like the first year is free and then every year after is like five bucks or something but if they cut the lock um and you can show them the lock cut um and you have like a police support and everything they'll cover up to a certain amount so like some locks will give you a thousand dollars insurance some locks give you 2500 some locks will give you up to i think it was up to ten thousand dollars and bike insurance um for like with the with the lock which is pretty cool another interesting thing to look at especially if you're locking bikes up in your house and stuff like that i mean it's worth buying that nice lock that gives you the insurance um with that said talking about insurance todd quick um how did you was it easy to claim your bike you i'm assuming you claimed it through your house insurance yeah no actually i I did um I, i was quite happy with the uh with the experience with the insurance company, um, I deal with the cooperators in town. So if anyone's listening, uh, they are very helpful. And uh, uh, I, I did, I did actually have a, a special. You can get special policies uh, specifically for bikes. Uh, I don't know how much of a premium it is, but um, 
in my case, it was very well worth it. Um, and uh, I got, uh, there was no hassle. Um, they, they paid for upgrades. So um, I had, uh, I had my, uh, my, my local bike purveyor provide me with all the documentation that I needed and uh, I gave it to them and, um, and it was slick. Like they even gave replacement for a used bike, the used Santa Cruz. They, they, they gave me a good value for it. So uh, in my case, I was very lucky and I'm sure that's probably the odd, that's probably not the norm. Um, I've heard, I've heard many people say that they've gotten screwed from insurance companies. So, um, it's worth looking at what your policy has, right? What's that, John? It's it's worth looking at what the policy has. Um, I know I know some places, right? It's written right in, and it says, you know, uh, we will give you five hundred dollars for every bicycle, right? And like, well, that's a different kind of bicycle, right? Like, it's when you when when you have an eight thousand dollar bike in your house, it's definitely worth. Um, possibly even calling your, your home insurance and declaring it an item, right? The same way you would declare a ring or something else, right? Uh, something to make sure that that's covered. Um, but even just looking at your policy, like if, like just Todd said, he had a, a special, like you had, you had it in there for the bikes, right? The, the extra premium. But I know some people that like, you know, they, they, there's a set flat rate for bikes. Like we will give you up to this amount for a bike and it just doesn't even remotely cover uh, what it costs. And that's, that's a big thing. I mean, if you're looking at your home insurance, like that, that as a cyclist, so as a cyclist myself that has, you know, me and Stacy, we both bikes, you both have mountain bikes, gravel bikes, we have e-bikes, we have like, that's a lot of bikes, man. And make sure you have the right policy to cover those items. Cause that might very well be the most expensive things in your house at that point. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, worth around and asking the questions because, um, your your insurance company that you've dealt with for a long time uh, and they may be great uh, but if you're not covered ask and if they don't have that extra policy um, I mean look for it um, in, in my case it was well worth it I got lucky I just picked them because uh, I don't know why I think I had the, the cooperators in Saskatoon before I moved so I said hey cool I'm going to get cooperators again so it was just dumb luck that I happened to Happened. To, I, I did ask them for the extra insurance for bikes, but um, the 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 service I got and the um, the ease with which it, it came through it was seamless. That's awesome. It's glad to hear. It doesn't always work out that way, right? Uh, it's good to hear. Yeah, I was the exception. I'm I'm sure of it. I'm the exception, not the norm. In, in that case, most people have horror stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, some people have to go down to the park and buy their bike back. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like we've got Evan back. So, Evan, anything to add on bike locks and bike insurance? Uh, not really. No. Um, I mean, I've seen that that plate lock that you were talking about, and I've always thought that's been that's a, a really good looking lock. Um, I might think about getting one of those now that you've spoken so highly of it, but um, no, I, I don't know anything about insurance, so I've got nothing to add there. Yeah, I have the plate lock too, exact same one. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing because you have it. And yeah. Really it. It's convenient. Yeah. Um, another Definitely interesting I'm gonna get thing. one for traveling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They're great. You just throw it at, you know, like you said, mount it to your frame or throw it in a, like throw it in a frame bag. <laughs> like it's, it's easy. Yeah, it's light. It's not. It's not heavy. It's not cumbersome. Uh, fits yeah. anywhere, and it's you know, and and it works well. And they're they're long enough that you can you that you can connect two bikes to something. You know, like you, you, there there's enough there's enough room to make it work. Yeah, good to know. Um, another thing to think about too, when you are like back on the note of locking bikes out, um, like Todd had mentioned, wheels, right? Making sure your wheels, making sure your seat post. Um, those guys, what you can also do if you're commuting quite often, if you have someone, maybe you have a student or someone like that, um, is change your axles to bolts. So, uh, whether it be on a mountain bike, you can do that. You can get like, uh, a lot of companies will make the option for either a quick release lever or a through axle with an Allen key head, but you can also go one step further and a couple companies make security locks. So if you have a quick release front and rear wheel, and even the, uh, the quick release axle on the seat collar, 
they make like a four-sided a five-sided hex sorry four-sided hex would be a square <laughs> five-sided <laughs> hex with like a little bolt through the middle so that it's like kind of like a security thing the same kind of things they do on um lug nuts on cars they make those for bikes so that you can replace your existing quick release with them and then if you're using a U-lock or the plate lock and you can't really get it all the way through the wheels, you don't have to be as concerned because it'd be very, very difficult for someone to steal your wheels at that point. Um, Cause we do see that quite often. We see someone like, you know, they, they just, they roll by, you've got it locked up to your front wheel and they just like steal the rest of your bike or the opposite. They just steal your front wheel and then you're, you're still out of a wheel, which is absolutely terrible. Um, and, or, or a seat, which would <laughs> be bad too. Um, other notes guys. I'm like, how to lock your bike up, anything like that, or are we good to move from there? I think that seems pretty straightforward. I think you're always going to like find something solid. I think, you know, and it's really nice actually now that most communities you're starting to see um, more, like more bike, more places to lock your bike to, like, you, you know, even all over Sudbury. Um, and uh, I know even on the Island, there's, there's certain, like there's racks, that are that are all over in front of many businesses and uh and a lot of communities are really starting to put uh good good you know good rack or anchor points um for cyclists to lock bikes up so um and that's you know and as business owners i think that's a it's a it's it's a good opportunity to draw more business because if i'm trying to decide between two you know lunch places to go when i'm out biking around uh, i'm certainly going to choose a place that has somewhere for me to lock my bike uh, versus somewhere that I'm like, well, I, you know, I, 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 what am I supposed to do? Can't, you know, there's nowhere for me to, nowhere for me to put it here. So um, I would say as, you know, a progressive business owner would probably want to jump on um, having something out front of their place or somewhere, you know, somewhere for people to lock bikes up. Um, and I know it's, it's, you know, when your bike is outside and you're inside of a business, it's always difficult to kind of almost relax and enjoy yourself while you're in that business. You know, if you're having lunch or whatever it is, um, so I would suggest, you know, I always try and find a place that's close to the window. Uh, so you can kind of just keep one eye on your bike, uh, the whole time that you're, you know, that you're having lunch or whatever it is. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's, and so funny enough, I had a conversation today. We had decided we were going to do this podcast about, uh, bike theft earlier, actually quite some time ago. And then we, when we decided on today, um, I happened to get a phone call this morning. Um, by a lady who had just gotten her bike stolen just yesterday up by Cambrian Arena. And um, in the conversation, she was telling me, she's like, her daughter had um, biked the bike up there uh, to go to the arena. And she thought, you know, I'm going to lock it up someplace that nobody can see it. That way, like, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. No one will steal it. She locks it up behind the arena thinking, you know, this is a, it's a good place that's out of the way that, you know, maybe people won't see it, so they won't steal it. However, it is also the best place to steal a bike because someone can steal it without anyone seeing it. So oftentimes more visible is better, right? You would think in your head that like, you know, if I try to hide the bike a little bit, but if you hide it, you're also hiding them while they're trying to steal your bike. Uh, it gives them lots of time to work on it. Lock it up in the most visible place possible. Uh, lock it up, you know, right out front of a coffee shop, right out front of anything. But that doesn't always mean it's secure because we hear lots of people get their bike stolen right from out front of Walmart. Uh, people walk by, cut the lock and steal the bike. So, um, but more visibility is definitely better than less. Um, so something to hit on there. Um, so moving on from talking about how to lock your bikes up guys, um, let's talk about, so there's a new program that we had, um, introduced into town. So this is how to find your bike once it's gone or what to do, um, if to find a bike, or maybe you found a bike that you think is stolen. Um, there's been a huge amount of bike theft in the city. Uh, we were approached last year by uh, the Greater Suburb Police, uh, Constable Josh Rickard. He came to us and uh, we, we were talking, trying to figure out, you know, what do we do? Uh, what's the next steps? Um, what, what can we do to try to deter bike theft, but also try to get people their bikes back once they're gone? Um, we tried to look at a bunch of different programs. We tried to look at maybe some different, um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, databases out there. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. What we found as a store was when a, when a bicycle would come through the store that, you know, maybe looked a little suspicious or stolen, we would call the police and we would say, hey, listen, we would like to look up this serial number and uh, I just want you to confirm that this bike is stolen because it, it sometimes it can be very, very obvious that the bike is stolen and uh, we, we'll call the police to just, hey, can we confirm? And the, the answer was always, I can't give you that information. It's confidential. So the police couldn't actually give us that, that information. 
And because of that, we couldn't ever do anything with a lot of these bikes um, unless the bike came from our store. If the bike came from our store, we log every serial number for every bike we sell. So anytime a bike sold to the shop, we log the serial number in. Um, it's on the receipt that the person gets, but also saved in our system under the name and phone number. So sometimes we, and it has happened probably about a dozen times this year, where a bike that was purchased previously at our store rolls back in, we look the serial number up, we call the customer who had the bike stolen, ask them if it was either stolen from them or they sold it. Um, and if they confirm that it's stolen, then we get the bike back to them, um, which is very true. I mean, hey, bonus from buying a bike shop, buying from a bike shop in a rougher area down. Um, we oftentimes see them back. But what happens when the bike's not bought from our store? What happens when uh, maybe a bike from our store goes into another store? Then, then it gets a little stickier. So we found this uh, program called Project 529 Garage. So Project 529 is an open source database. You can go to that program. You can put your serial number in. You can put your name in, your phone number in, all your contact info, add photos of your bike. You can put everything in there. Um, and once it's in there, that bike's saved to you. Now, if you happen to be in a circumstance where your bike becomes stolen, if your bike becomes stolen, you can go in and you can flag the bike as stolen. You can log into your profile and flag it. If you flag it as stolen, anyone who goes on to Project 529 can look up the bike. They can even, often, once a week or so, I'll go on and I'll just look up by area, bikes that have been stolen in Sudbury. And it'll pull up every single bicycle that's been stolen in Sudbury and logged into the system. But they also draw info off other systems as well. So it's a big, big database. So I can find, you know, bikes that have been stolen in Sudbury, bikes that have been stolen in the Sioux, you know, felt bikes that have been stolen in Canada. I can find, look by serial number. I can look by all sorts of different things. And with this program, it's going to allow um, not only for us to find these bikes, but it's going to work with the police as well. So the police are using this program. We're working with the, the Greater Sudbury Police. They've decided to also integrate this into their practice. So every bike now, when or every time an officer finds a bike, they're going to try to find, look it up on Project 529 as well. So if you have, you can also register for this. After the fact, you don't have to do it preemptively. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast, we're going to encourage you to go on and sign in your bike. But if, you, if it's after the fact, you can also just go on. If you have your serial number, you can make yourself an account and flag the bike as stolen. And it'll at least post it up there so that we can, uh, we can then try to find your bike and then get it back to you, right? We had someone the other day, we had a bike come through that, was, uh, that looked a little suspicious. It ended up being someone's bike from Calgary. We were able to get the bike back from them, but only because we were able to find their contact info, able to look a serial number up, and then able to get the bike back to the person in Calgary. Um, it's, it's very important, number one, that you keep those serial numbers and you have them. Without the serial numbers, there's zero way for us to get the bike back. That is how we prove that that bike belongs to you, right? You should always call the police and register a police report, right? If you have a registered police report, that'll allow the police to actually give the bike back to you and take it from the person that had the bike stolen, right? We do find oftentimes the person that has your bike isn't someone that stole it from you. It's someone who bought it from a guy, who bought it from a guy, who bought it from a guy. And he had, that person has no idea what's going on. And unfortunately that person is also going to be out a significant amount of money that they paid to someone else when the bike gets taken. So it's important to understand that like all the way through the steps have to be followed for this to be done correctly and properly. Now, the last thing with Project 529 that's super, super cool, and it's something that we do through the store, they have these things called the 529 badges. Now, these badges, they're kind of like a little license plate sticker. You stick them on your bike, and they have a product ID code on them. Now, these stickers are very, very hard to take off. They're kind of like a license plate sticker in the way that they kind of peel away if you try to take it off, and they're, they're very, the is very good, and the sticker's very well made. That gives you, number one, a second serial number. So you'll log that number in against your bike and the serial number. So it's a second point of identity, which is awesome. Um, but number two acts as the deterrent. When, they, when they, uh, the person, individual that's maybe looking to steal a bike sees that Project 529 badge on, they, they'll know, hey, listen, this bike has been registered. Maybe I'll try to move on to another bike. Maybe I'll steal a bike beside it. Or maybe I'll go down the street. I'll find something else. Um, it does... We, when we were looking into this program, we were talking with uh, a lot of other officers and we were talking with uh, a lot of people in other cities that are implemented these programs. And we saw some cities that are seeing up to a 40% decrease in bike theft from implementing it. So 
that's not that's not getting bikes bad. That's bikes not getting stolen from putting stickers on bikes and making it happen. Now, every bike that goes through our shop automatically gets a sticker. Um, if you're listening to this and you didn't get one, come stop by. We'll give you one. Um, we always try to make sure that you get the sticker and you get this talk about how to how to properly put the bike uh, into the system and how to log it in. Now, we also sell the stickers. So if you want some of the stickers, we sell them for the same price we get them for. We're just trying to make sure that as many people are using the system as possible. Um, but that's the new program that's rolling out um, we've been working on it all year. We've been trying to get as many bikes uploaded all year. Um, we have new posters coming in and all that kind of stuff. We're going to try to get some advocacy stuff going as well, but with the hope to not only um, slow bike theft, but to hopefully if your bike gets stolen, give you a way to actually hope that you can get it. Um, so Todd, as someone who had no idea what the program was when we started questions for me, do you have anything? Uh, no, and I've, uh, I I just googled specialized, and I Google I I go not googled, but I, I searched in uh, Project Five Twenty Nine, and there was like two hundred Santa Cruzes, and only three specialized. Oh, so geez. people are targeting Santa Cruz bikes. I'm an search. Sometimes they just know what they've got, right? I don't oh, know. Well. The numbers don't lie, guys. The numbers don't lie um so yeah guys that's something we're doing that's something we're doing to the store so make sure uh if you listen to this podcast do it make sure you get your friends to do it um everyone should go online it's totally free i should mention that to sign the bikes up it's been paid for um by like we worked with the greater Sudbury police um with the greater city of Sudbury and then ourselves to bring this into town so it's already dealt with it's already organized all you have to do is go online to Project 529, make an account, put your bikes in, right? You can put as many bikes as you want in. Um, it's totally free. Just make sure you do it, right? If you, if no one puts the bikes in, then, uh, you know, the city's not going to see the use of this program. The police are not going to see the use of this program. And then that's just how programs like this fall flat. So we need more people to upload their bikes. Um, so if you listen to this, make sure you're doing it. Hey John, any idea what the name represents? Like what? Like what is Project Five Twenty Nine? Haven't a clue. Haven't a clue. I was trying to find the same thing on the website, John, as we as we podcast here. So it has little stories that go by where your bike was stolen in Calgary and found in Moncton and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really My- great guys over there. There, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of police officers is uh, the guys who run the program. Uh, it's out of the States. I know it's out of the States and then they have uh, an office here in Canada as well. It's a pretty big, it's a big, it's a big program. It's uh, definitely not just, you know, your super small little mom and pop program. And then I like it'll, if you notice too, when you look a bike out, it will pull. So there's, there's other um, parties like maybe um, bike index and there's a couple other that do a similar kind of program. Now project 529 will grab all the results from bike index and other brands too. So if you like, if you look up a bike, you might see underneath that this, this is from bike index. So it's, it's, it's nice that it's not only bikes from 529 that it's pulling up, it's pulling up other companies, bikes and places people have registered in other places to kind of bring them all into one place more seamlessly, which is nice. Okay. So um, any other tips, guys, for people uh, looking to, you know, help themselves with bike theft, looking to be preventative, or maybe, um, you know, an after the fact thought, uh, anything else for them as we wrap up for the podcast today? I'll start with uh, Todd. Yeah, um, John, you may remember when, uh, when my bike got stolen, we actually saw it on Kijiji. So bikes will get put on Kijiji. Some people, um, some people will do that. Um, and, you know, don't try and go to these people yourself and go all vigilante on their asses. Like, you know, let the police handle it. Um, they do have limited uh, capabilities because they have to see, they can't just go raid the, the person's house. You know, they try and go in and, and, and act as a buyer. Uh, the, the police did that in my case. Uh, they did it a couple times. Um, but, you know, obviously these people that did it know what they're doing. So they don't have the bike sitting on the front porch. 
because then that would be just the police would then have a you know the right to put them in cuffs right so uh you know that is one way you can see it on kijiji some criminals do that um but don't uh, don't go all vigilante and and you know take your big brother and go face these people they're they're criminals right they're out stealing for a reason so just let the professionals uh handle those situations good advice good advice um how about you Brunetti? any uh final thoughts uh, just similar to what Evan said, just about taking photos. I think it's important to have updated photos of all your bikes. Um, and, you know, if you are shopping like at a, at a, at a local bike shop, um, they will have all of your, you know, any aftermarket like accessories, parts, things that you've put on. Um, just having listings of all of those things. Uh, but if you are, you know, shopping online or whatever it is, like just keep track of all of your seats, keep track of all of those like added things that you've done to your bike. Um, because again, like we all know how much those upgrades cost. Um, and if that bike does go missing, having photo proof of everything and just a stack of all of your, your receipts will be really, really helpful. Um, if you do need to go through insurance, uh, in order to get things back. And also when you're giving information to the police, right? Like if you're looking for, you know, things that are like very specific on that frame, like things that you've done to it that can kind of make it stand out. Um, you know, it, so it's not just like you know, another giant mountain bike. No, it had, you know, these very specific things on it. Um, yeah. And, and just take photos, keep a current photo um, of, of all of your bikes. Uh, it's not a bad thing to have. And uh, also I just like to like have a snapshot of all the serial numbers, uh, just quick and easy reference. Uh, so it's always there for you and just create a folder on your phone and, you know, it's there and you don't really need to think about it. Good call. Good call. Evan. Anything on the way out? Yeah, probably just one thing that I was thinking about after we were talking about how to lock your bikes up. Um, because we were traveling last week, I had one of the younger people I was traveling with lock up their bike and they just used the, um, the integrated cable that came out of my frame or out of my bike rack and they locked it to the rear tire. So like, I mean, it's worth telling your kids or whatever to lock their frames to something, not just put the, the cable or the lock through the rear tire. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to come out and you're going to have your tire left, but or your wheel left, but nothing, nothing else. So that's pretty much all I've got. Absolutely. That's a good call. Um, so I got two quick ones for you guys. I mean, make sure if you do have a bike go missing that you file a police report. Um, that's something that not a lot of people think to do. Uh, they get mad, they get upset that their bike is stolen. Maybe they call the police, but they don't actually file a formal uh, report. Without that police report, it is incredibly difficult for anyone to actually get the bike back for you. Um, if you have a police report file, you keep that number around. That allows, you know, if the bike does uh, come up, if it does turn up in a shop and then the, the shop calls the police, the police can, if they have an, if they have a file, if they have a police report in there, they can then take the bike from the person and give the bike to you. But if there's nothing on file, they have absolutely no way to even tell if that bike's stolen to begin with, right? So make sure that you do that. The other thing is, is as bad as this sounds, have at least a like take care when, if you, if you do find your bike, if you do find someone that has a stolen bike, if you, uh, as Todd mentioned, you try not to approach them, try not to go find those people. But if you come across somebody that, um, you know, you find it on Kijiji and you're like, hey, listen, this person stole my bike. That person probably didn't steal your bike. That person probably bought your bike from someone who stole your bike. And that person probably thought, hey, I just want a bike to bike around. This person's selling a bike for 500 bucks and they have no idea and they buy it. Um, you know, maybe the bike's been painted, that kind of stuff. So just remember that the person that you're oftentimes getting the bike back from is, has also been robbed at that point, right? Like maybe they paid 500 bucks for the bike. That's worth a thousand. Um, but then that bike is taken from them and given to you, you get your bike back. That person's out 500 bucks. So just remember that when you're dealing with it, that not every time the person that has your bike is the person that stole it. And oftentimes that person isn't actually a criminal. They're just someone that was just target hunting on Kijiji. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're doing it. But otherwise, I mean, um, you know, be very, very careful. 
So I guess that's it, guys, um, about Bike Deck today. I mean, make sure if you guys have questions, make sure you post them below, as always. Um, but you can also reach out. If you guys have questions about Project 529, um, feel free to stop by the shop. We do have the stickers. If you want to help, uh, if you need help getting signed up, you can roll by and we can walk you through it. That's absolutely no problem. Uh, make sure if uh, you guys are listening to this that you guys subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe on pretty well every podcast app that's out there at this point. Uh, and leave us a rating. Um, but otherwise, I guess from uh, everyone over here, that's it, guys. Have fun out there. All right. Good night. All right. Dedicated listeners. Until next time. Word of. Yeah.